Hello everybody and welcome into episode number 244 of the Bible 2021 podcast. We are reading both Psalm 55 and 56 today and our focus is on how can we not be afraid and trust God plus a little bit of history, the origin of America's motto. So our goal is to involve you and anybody we can reach with daily Bible listening, daily Bible understanding, and daily Bible following. And we do that by going through the Bible chapter by chapter, verse by verse, and discussing what we find, what it means, and how we can follow it. Don't forget about our webpage, which is Bible2021.com. Bible2021.com. Share that site with your friends and neighbors. Tell them to subscribe there because that's probably the easiest way to do it. Or just go on to iTunes and search for Bible 2021. Three subtopics today and two chapters to read, which seems like a good bit to bite off for a supposedly 10-minute podcast, so we better hit the ground running. Since the mid-50s, the motto, In God We Trust, has been on all of United States' currency, replacing our formal, but our former, but not official national motto, which was E Pluribus Unum, which means out of many one. In God We Trust, of course, predates the 1956 official congressional adoption by quite some time. It was famously quoted in a poem you might know, by Francis Scott Key. You do know the title? Yes, that's right. You got it. The poem was Defense of Fort Mahenry, where this line appears in the fourth verse, In God is our trust. Now, that is a poem and a song that has had a tremendous influence in the last 207 years of U.S. history, though you might know it more through its famous adaption as the Star-Spangled Banner. Now, as you guessed, In God We Trust is even older than Francis Scott Key, dating all the way back to Psalm 56, where it appears twice in verse 11 and verse 3 as, In God I trust, I will not be afraid. Now, speaking of being afraid, how can you and I not be afraid? I mean, things are scary right now. COVID still rages, Afghanistan, hurricanes whatever, all the stuff that's going on, political upheaval, climate upheaval, goodness gracious, how can we not be afraid? Well, let's consider some of our verses today. Verses 3 and 4 and 10 and 11 of Psalm 56. When I am afraid, says David, I will trust in you. In God, whose word I praise, in God I trust, I will not be afraid. What can mere mortals do to me? And in verses... 10 and 11, in God whose word I praise, in the Lord whose word I praise, in God I trust, I will not be afraid. What can mere humans do to me? Now, lest you think that David is speaking out of bravado or something like that, like he's in a great position and he's kind of bragging about how secure he feels. Like, you know, sometimes we feel like we're uh, doing great and everything's going great in our life and we're like, ah, God is blessed us and everything is good. Well, David, when he says, when I am afraid, I will trust in you. When he says, in God, I trust, I will not be afraid. He's in a terrible situation of dire need. And we read it in the first two verses of the psalm where David says, be gracious to me, God, for man is trampling me. He fights and oppresses me all day long. My adversaries trample me all day for many arrogantly fight against me. 
And David's sit rep is that the enemies of the Jewish people, the Philistines, have captured him, and they are holding him in the capital city of Gath. Now, if that city sounds a little familiar to you, perhaps you're familiar with the famous champion of Gath, Goliath. Goliath of Gath, the giant. The giant David killed and beheaded when he was younger. So David is being held by his enemies in that city. (laughs) That's pretty scary, right? And yet David, though in obvious danger, is not afraid. How? How can that be? Well, we see three keys in this psalm to help us when we are facing frightful situations not be afraid. Key number one, David says in verse three, when I am afraid, I will trust in you. So hey, David was afraid. Fear is inescapable in this life, but when we are overcome by fear, we must do what David did, intentionally drag our hearts and our thoughts in the direction of trusting God. When fear comes, trust God. In God, we trust. And yes, I know it's not that easy, so let's continue. Key number two, in verse 11 and verse four, David says, what can mere mortals do to me? What can mere humans do to me? Now look, this is a good question. It's not a hollow question either. What can humans do to us? Well, it turns out an awful lot. They can taunt us, kill us, mock us, burn us, freeze us, hurt us, make us sick, torture us, ridicule us, and more. So why not be afraid of those things? They all sound horrible. Well, let's let Jesus answer that question in Luke chapter 12, verses 4 and 5, where he says, I say to you, my friends, don't fear those who kill the body and after that can do nothing more. Okay, that's pretty bad. Verse 5, but I will show you the one to fear, says Jesus. Fear him who has authority to throw people into hell after death. Yes, I say to you, this is the one to fear. Well, you know, Jesus, we're kind of afraid of dying. At least most of us are. So what is he saying to us here? Those who know the Lord and are saved by Jesus are eternally secure. Now, Jesus isn't being glib here. He's not being insane either. He's looking back on his infinite existence, and he knows that our 75 years or so of life are fleeting. It's like a snap of the finger in comparison to eternity. Eternity, says Jesus, is the important thing. So don't fear a human can only who can only affect you for a snap of time. Fear God who controls your eternity. And this is exactly the same thing David is saying. Mere mortals only have a limited ability to trouble us. And of course, in the moment, it sounds terrible. Just like that horrible test you had, however many years ago you were in school, seemed horrible in the moment. But it's long past you. And one day, all of the things we suffer in this life will be long past you as well. And we will be in eternity with the one we are to fear, God the Father. So we fear God. We don't fear trials and troubles and tribulations and situations because those things are temporary. God is eternal. Third key to not being afraid in the midst of terrible trials. David says, this I know, God is for me. That's verse 9 of Psalm 56. And as we've discussed before, don't go out there and put that verse on your church sign or a coffee cup or a bumper sticker. God is not for everybody. He is for David. He is for those who have been saved by Christ. Now, how can we know if God is for us or not? Well, it's not because of our wealth. It's not because of our good deeds, our donations, our looks, our goodness, our denominations, or the family we were born into. It is 
because of Christ alone in his salvation. In the New Testament, Paul goes a step further than David did and says this in Romans 8. What then are we to say about these things? If God is for us, who is against us? He did not even spare his own son, but gave him up for us all. How will he not also with him grant us everything? Who can bring an accusation against God's elect? God is the one who justified. Who's the one who condemns? Christ Jesus is the one who died, but even more has been raised. He also is at the right hand of God and intercedes for us. Who can separate us from the love of Christ? Can affliction or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? No. Verse 37. In all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, let's read our passage, but and then after that, we will have one more tiny little topic. Psalm chapter 55, verse 1, God, listen to my prayer. Do not hide from my plea for help. Pay attention to me and answer me. I'm restless and in turmoil with my complaint because of the enemy's words, because of the pressure of the wicked, for they bring down disaster on me and harass me in anger. My heart shudders within me. Terrors of death sweat weep over me. Fear and trembling grip me. Horror has overwhelmed me. I said if I only had wings like a dove, I would fly away and find rest. How far away I would flee. I would stay in the wilderness. Selah. I would herd in my shelter from the raging wind and the storm. Lord, confuse and confound their speech. For I see violence and strife in the city. Day and night they make the rounds on its walls. Crime and trouble are within it. Destruction is inside it. Oppression and deceit never leave its marketplace. Now, it's not an enemy who insults me, otherwise I could bear it. It's not a foe who rises up against me, otherwise I could hide from him. But it's you, a man who is my peer, my companion, and good friend. We used to have close fellowship. We walked with the crowd into the house of God. Let death take them by surprise. Let them go down to Sheol alive, because evil is in their homes and within them. But I call to God, and the Lord will save me. I complain and groan morning, noon, and night, and he hears my voice. Though many are against me, he will redeem me from my battle unharmed. God, the one enthroned from long ago, will hear and will humiliate them. Selah. Because they do not change and do not fear God. My friend acts violently against those at peace with him. He violates his covenant. His buttery words are smooth, but war is in his heart. His words are softer than oil, but they are drawn swords. Cast your burden on the Lord and he will sustain you. He will never allow the righteous to be shaken. God, you will bring them down to the pit of destruction. Men of bloodshed and treachery will not live out half their days, but I will trust in you. Psalm 56, a call for God's protection for the choir director According to a silent dove far away, a miktam of David when the Philistines seized him in Gath. Be gracious to me, God, for a man is trampling me. He fights and oppresses me all day long. My adversaries trample me all day, for many arrogantly fight against me. When I am afraid, I will trust in you. In God, whose word I praise, in God I trust, I will not be afraid. What can mere mortals do to me? They twist my words all day long. All their thoughts against me are evil. They stir up strife. They lurk. They watch my steps while they wait to take my life. Will they escape in spite of such sin? God, bring down the nations in wrath. You yourself have recorded my wanderings. Put my tears in your bottle. Are they not in your book? Then my enemies will retreat on the day when I call. 
This I know, God is for me. In God, whose word I praise, in the Lord, whose word I praise, in God I trust, I will not be afraid. What can mere humans do to me? I am obligated by vows to you, God. I will make my thanksgiving sacrifices to you, for you rescued me from death, even my feet from stumbling, to walk before God in the light of life. So final topic. It's one of the wonderful promises we see in Scripture And it's in Psalm 55, verse 22. Cast your burdens on the Lord and he will sustain you. He will never allow the righteous to be shaken. So give that burden to the Lord, my friends. Toss it up to heaven in prayer. Speaking metaphorically, remember the invitation of Jesus. Come to me, all of you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Matthew 11, 28. So go to him and lay your burdens down at his feet. Amen. Let's close with our Bible memory passage for the month of September. It is 2 Timothy 3, 16 through 17. All scripture is inspired by God and is profitable for teaching, for rebuking, for correcting, for training in righteousness, so that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. Good day to you, friends, and Godspeed.